The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Thursday, October 21st, and we are looking at, uh, I don't know if you, Sully, joining me to break down the Thursday Night Football game. Sully, Tyler Sullivan. Sully, do you, have you ever watched PCU? You might be too young for PCU. No, I don't think so. Okay. It's with um, Jeremy Piven. Is okay. in there. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and, I know who it is, but right, right, right. You know, Pivot is, but um, my, no, my point was that uh, in the, there's a line. It's like, watch out, it's a scorcher, and uh, that's what we got this Thursday night: Browns and Broncos. Not a scorcher. This game, and by the way, if you're watching, you can watch this on YouTube. We will break down the game from a gambling perspective, from a prop perspective, first touchdown perspective, and then after the podcast, the audio podcast ends, we will continue on YouTube. YouTube.com slash pick six. Sully and I will look at some DFS lineups. I don't think we actually ended up cashing our, um, our did you play the revert? The, I didn't play the bizarro lineup, but the Costanza lineup as we're trying to trademark. Do we write it down? Cause golly, I think it did pretty well. <laughs> we, uh, we had, hold on. I can find it really quick. Cause someone tweeted it at us. Cause somebody, you know, a it was smart- doing good. And then I think it kind of created, I mean, you needed Cole Beasley to be in your lineup uh, yes. for the bills and Titans game. And um, uh, who's the, the tight end that caught the touchdown pass for the uh... – uh, Yes, I have it right here. So, Julio was the captain. Ah, uh, yeah, Derek Henry, Derek Henry, Tannehill, Diggs, Singletary, Tyler Bass. Mm, that's not we danced, bad. We danced. We danced around it. We danced around it. Yeah, you needed Beasley. Yeah. Sweeney was the, guy, the key. Sweeney was the $200 tight end who caught a one-yard touchdown pass. Uh, you needed to have him. I think Diggs was important. Beasley. Uh, Tannehill needed to be out and you had to have Derrick Henry who ran for 140 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, this will be a weird, this will be a tough DFS a week. It's also gonna be a tough prop week. And that's really the normal. The, the normal lineups will be weird. Like, so maybe we're going to be good at this. Into a weird lineup. Um, the, so, so the Browns notably have had a, a pretty, pretty robust injury report for the last two weeks. I'm going to, read the this is insane there are one uh, i'm just gonna read the full injury report for the browns really quickly i'm not gonna name whether they're out or not these are just every single player who's listed on the injury report odell beckham nick chubb Jadavin Clowney, jack conklin miles garrett aj green not that aj green malik jackson baker mayfield malik mcdowell takaris mckinley greg newsome david and joku malcolm smith jc treader denzel ward greedy williams jedrick wills mac wilson and jordan elliott that's the whole team sully i'm sorry were you reading the depth chart or was it the injury that's their injury report for week seven now nick chubb is out i didn't even list kareem hunt because he's on ir he's out baker mayfield has been ruled out there, it looks like they should be good to go with Miles Garrett, Malik McDowell, Takaris McKinley, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and Jordan Elliott. But Mac Williams, or excuse me, Mac Wilson on the defensive side, Mac Wilson, 
Malcolm Smith, Malik Jackson, Jadavon Clowney are all questionable. On the offensive side, Odell Beckham, Jack Conklin, J.C. Treader, and Jedrick Wills are all questionable. And that makes for a really difficult spot for Cleveland. They're off a short week. So the Broncos, of course. And the Broncos are, you know, they're dealing with some injuries too, but um, they actually haven't, as we're recording this on Wednesday, have not released their Wednesday injury report because they are in a mountain time. Um, but, you know, it's looking like they should be in pretty good shape. Most of their important guys, Justin Simmons, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Garrett Bowles, were at su- practice in some capacity on Tuesday. So you would expect that they look fairly decent for that on Wednesday. And we'll update that as it comes through. The, but the larger point is the Browns, who were a four or five point favorite, uh, when this line opened on Sunday, are now down to a two or one and a half point favorite, depending on where you look. Of course, uh, podcast listeners know that we use Caesars. Uh, I'm just going to refresh real quick and make sure that they are two. Yeah, they're plus two with a total of 41. Uh, Sully, where do you, where do you, where's your head at with this this spread in this game in general? I mean, you laid it out right there. I mean, it's surprising that that. Cleveland is still getting the advantage here that I'm still able to get points with the Denver Broncos because of all those injuries that you listed. I, 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 you know, I had it earlier this week, kind of when it was trending that Baker Mayfield might play, but you know, he's going to gut through it. Not going to be hundred percent. I had it at plus, at plus three and a half. I was still taking Denver. Then I'm taking them now. It just, to me, it's hard to see them overcoming a lot of these. And again, Case Keenum is going to start for the for the Cleveland Browns. There is a path that you can point to to say they can cover this, they can come out and, and win this game. Because you got to remember, Case Keenum knows Kevin Stefanski quite well. Back in 2017, he was the quarterbacks coach when he was the starter for the Minnesota Vikings and oh, yeah. was having his best year of his professional of, of his professional life. So to me, you can maybe kind of go down that road and say, hey, can they recreate that magic? for one more game on Thursday night football as Baker Mayfield tries to rest up for that extended period of time going from week seven to week eight, maybe. But right now I, I just like the way the Broncos are shaped up for this game more so than the Browns. I don't necessarily think that the, um, that the Broncos are a good team per se. I think they're a, okay. I think they're an okay team. They've lost um, three straight. Yeah, they lost two straight games. They won their first three, lost their last, lost their next three. It's sort of like the Raiders. Feels like it probably propped up, and the Panthers to a degree, probably propped up a little bit by their schedule. Uh, Mike, the latest see Mike Kliss, Fangio thinks Teddy Bridgewater will play. Pat Shermer thinks he'll play. Teddy won't commit as to whether he'll play. Repeating, he's only focused on rehab and game plan, mixing the limp, and this may be a true 50-50 status by bus time. This that uh, that that tweet came uh, at about eight forty-five. On Wednesday morning, um, trying to see if I can find anything about the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Broncos have officially listed Teddy Bridgewater, Garrett Bowles, and Caden Stearns as questionable. They just released their injury report like five minutes ago. Baron Browning and Aaron Patrick, two linebackers, are ruled out. Tight end Noah Fant is not given a game status, which means he'll be available to play. And Melvin Gordon and Justin Simmons, no game statuses as well. So all those guys will be available to play. I don't – I know – man, I, I went like 2-12 and 12 against the spread last week, so I have no business. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. I'm, I'm prepping to be here about it on the, on the, on the Picks podcast this week. Um, 
so I don't want to be like, this is obvious. Let's take it. But, you know, last week there were a lot of things that looked obvious and I went against them because, you know, sometimes in the NFL, when it looks obvious, it's too good to be true. I, I don't see how you, and, and, you know, we definitely were like, I don't see how you can take the Titans on Monday, but you know, we were wrong about that. I really don't see how you can take the Browns. <laughs> They're too banged up. I, the case Keenum thing, maybe that's a, that's an angle that I, I don't hate in the idea that he has played well. Um, and if they're able to get Odell Beckham out, honestly, for me, it would probably depend. It, I think Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum, that different, probably a pretty negligible difference, honestly. 85 or 70% Baker and 100% Case Keenum. I don't know that, that there's a huge downgrade from that. However, if for some reason Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills, and JC Treader missed the game, I have major concerns. I mean, the Browns are going to be running. Dearness Johnson and uh, who else? Who else we got trotting out there? Well, week? that's basically what I was going to say. Well, is that yeah? I'm not overly concerned about going from Baker Mayfield to Case Keenum. What I am concerned about is going from Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt to Johnson. I I, I just that is it's, it's Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton, and they sang John Kelly as well. That is how they run their offense. You know, we've seen this throughout the year. We'll talk about the props in a minute, but, in, uh, you know, Keenum's uh, pass attempts prop, Baker Mayfield's only gone over it twice this year. Like, yeah. they, they don't pass a ton. It's it's a running offense. And so now when you're talking about a third-string guy in backups and reserves in the, the key cog of your offense, and you're going from, again, studs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to that, it's really hard, especially when you're going up against the Denver defense that I know we all talk about Cleveland having this top flight unit, but Denver is right there too. That they are not that far off in terms of where they stack up statistically and in, in over, you know, throughout the NFL in terms of just stopping the run, stopping the pass to me, it's going to be a, you know, could be a low scoring affair here too. Yeah. I, I saw the under at 42 and a half earlier in the week. I took in full disclosure. I took the uh, Broncos plus three and a half uh, yep. earlier this week, obviously huge difference. Yep. Um, you know, if they're, you know, if they're now minus two, that line has dropped pretty significantly on Wednesday uh, football outsiders has Denver as the 24th best offense, a uh, defense, excuse me, in football and the Browns at 13, which I'm a little surprised by that, but okay. you know, I mean, not, not out of control uh, offensively. Cleveland is the eighth best offense, but they are only the 16th best pass offense, according to DVOA, because they are the number two run offense. Who the hell's better than Cleveland in the run game? Oh, I would not have guessed that. Could you want to go to take I'll a guess? You, I'll, I will go with. You, you won't get it. I won't get it. I was going to go Tennessee. Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, geez. Would not have gotten it, right? Let's go. <laughs> uh, Cleveland, the number two rush offense, number 16 pass offense. The problem here is that. If we saw this last week against Arizona, Arizona is a much better team than Denver. But if Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills are not available and JC Treader is not there, you're going to be running with backup running backs and backup offensive linemen. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, it does. It, it just doesn't work. And especially when you're talking about Case Keenum dropping back to pass in those situations where they have to, you're talking about more pressure and you're yep. talking about a secondary that is allowed. I believe that I, I looked it up earlier, the lowest completion percentage allowed to opposing quarterbacks in the Denver Broncos this year. So it's not 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 ideal for Case Keenum or, or anybody in this offense right now. Yeah. Me. And uh, Denver checks in at the 14th best pass offense and 19th best run offense. Not. Um... Not exactly a, a powerhouse here in terms of the run game, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think I could take the over in in this game. 
Um, I would probably want to take the un. I don't. Forty one's really low though. That's that. That's the problem, right? Like I say, it's going to be a low scoring game, but when we're talking about the the uh, the total being forty one, you almost you almost feel like it's starting to get too low. You're not, you know, that that again. You just because you feel like it's going to be low scoring doesn't yeah. mean you're just automatically taking the under here. So I would probably lean towards the over by by just a hair, but ultimately I would stay away from this one. To me, I wouldn't bet it. Um. Wind could be a factor for this game. It's looking like around game time, basically 17 mile an hour winds all day up until the evening. Also a light chance of rain throughout the night, 65 degrees, not too cold, but not exactly fun weather. Windy, rainy, Cleveland, you know, kind of gross game. That's a defensive, that's a defensive weather right there. Feels like defensive weather. There was a lot of supposed to be wind in the Browns Cardinals game, and that game didn't even come close to going under. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would I would lean towards the under, and I I would pick the Broncos here. And I know that everyone's on the Broncos. Uh, that's fine. I I will be taking the Broncos as well. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Again, I I like them at I liked them at three when I got them earlier in the week. Two, sure, it's fine. I'm taking the money line. If if it gets to, if it gets the two, I'm just taking the money line. Yeah, yeah, it's at what's at two now. I think I think we can, I think that's probably the play. Is just yeah. take the just just go you know, take the money line at plus one hundred five. Yeah, sure. rather than laying the ten cents on on a plus two. I think I like that as well. Okay, let's talk some player props. Actually, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and then we'll come back and talk some player props. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Player props are not easy for this game over at William Hill. Or excuse me, Caesars. Why do I keep doing that? Caesars, they have usually an option to click on one team or the other team. You can't do that because there aren't any player props for the Browns players. And that's not surprising. Uh, you know, Odell Beckham questionable. So that, you know, that's an immediate, you know, issue when it comes to deciding you know, who are we going to get from the, in the passing game? Because if Odell Beckham doesn't play, it dramatically changes 
the props that we'll see for Donovan People Jones, Anthony Schwartz, Rashad Higgins. And you better believe that um, Caesars is struggling to figure out what the rushing. Actually, they do have a Dearness Johnson rushing yard total at 59 and a half. Uh, Javante Williams, 47 and a half. Melvin Gordon, 39 and a half for their, for their rush yards. And then Noah Fant, Gordon, Tim Patrick, uh, Cortland Sutton, and Javante Williams up on receiving yards. I, this is just, just I, we probably won't see a great market for Browns players until Thursday evening once the inactives are confirmed, unless Odell Beckham, you know, because Odell Beckham, all these guys are questionable, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah, it's exactly the situation that we had on Monday with A.J. Brown, where it was unknown. He had that illness, food poisoning, didn't know what he was if he was going to play. So we had a lot of the player props, the receiving props for the Titans down. So it's the, basically the same sort of scenario. we got to wait and see who's actually in, who's actually out, because it's a domino effect for the rest of the guys there. I will say, though, the, the one prop that I really do love for this game is Teddy Bridgewater's over passing touchdowns, one and a half. And I, ha- I had it at plus 120. And the reason why I'm looking at that one is because Denver, I mean, uh, yeah, Cleveland has a great defense. But one area that kind of surprised me when I was looking up stats was that they've given up 14 passing touchdowns this year. That's tied for the third most in the NFL. So if we're looking at some sort of a weakness that he can he can exploit, to me that one makes the most sense. And he's done. He's thrown for. Uh, passing touchdowns. I think, you know, he threw three last week. He's got, he's pretty much had double-digit passing touchdowns, I believe, in four of his six games played this year. Bridgewater has. So, to me, that one is the one I'm leaning to the hardest going into Thursday. I like that. Um, I saw a study that said typically when the under hits, uh, passing touchdowns uh, tend to go down. But, well, that, you that know, would make sense. Yeah, right. Um, it's, it's sort of like comments like rushing yards up. And when under sits, like, yeah, that, that's uh, that's really the only way it could work. But yeah, I mean, I think when you look at that for Bridgewater, and again, he's got to he's got to play. Yeah, make oh, sure, yeah, make yeah. sure he's sure. playing before you bet. For sure, for sure, um, absolutely. And but you know, questionable, you know, confirm that he's playing. But I do agree that the plus money on these passing touchdowns makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at a team in Cleveland that is good against a run on defense, even though they're going to be you know, likely missing some defensive players. Uh, I don't mind that at all. I don't want to mess with the yardage totals for uh, Bridgewater or Keenum. I don't really want to mess with the uh, pass. I think I want to mess with the pass attempts for Bridgewater or Keenum. The only one that I was thinking on was Keenum. And, and that one, again, it, it's really, you know, if I'm, if I'm trying to find one for Keenum, it's going to be the under on his, on his passing attempts. I, I, th- I had 31 and a half. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the pod, Mayfield's only gone over that number twice this season, albeit with the caveat he has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield that he's handing it off to. It's a little bit different when you have Johnson back there. But ultimately, I, I just don't know if they're going to completely put it in Case Keenum's hands to try to win this football game, especially when, like I said earlier, when you're going up against a secondary that's allowed the, the lowest completion percentage in the NFL through the first six weeks. So to me, I, I just don't see that being the the right game plan. I could see Stefanski just saying, listen, we're going to stick to what we do philosophically, and we're going to see if we can execute with the players that we have. Yeah. Um, all right. I will take uh, for a prop. Over Melvin Gordon rush yards. I know Cleveland's good against a run. Don't care. I think Melvin Gordon will get some run yeah, here. Yeah, that too. The fact that he is not on the injury report and that you can get this at Caesars right now for I'm gonna start. I need to start more carefully writing down the props that we take so I can so we can so I can later say, oh, look at how smart we are, uh, or look how stupid we are. 
the total for rush yards. By the way, there's a there's a Deshaun Watson trade rumor out there that's popping up. Maybe grab him in fantasy. Um, if 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 I'm talking and you want to get it done, go for it. Uh, the over under for Melvin Gordon is 39. I know, right? Over under for 39 and a half. Under is minus 120. Over uh, minus 110. I think they'll give him enough run where he gets closer to 50 receiving yards or 50 rushing yards. Excuse me. And if we believe that Denver's gonna be winning the game, then more likely to pile up those rush yards. So don't mind that at all. Javante Williams over under. 47 and a half. I like the Williams over as well at 47 and a half. I think he clears 50 yards. He's been running well. And with Gordon banged up, they should give the rookie maybe a few more carries than you might expect. Again, banged up Cleveland defense. I think Denver will want to go in here, play ball control, play play defense, force the Browns to try and throw it around and win that way. And, and that's just how I sort of picture this going. So I like both those rush yards over for those guys. Yeah, I do too. And again, those are low numbers for what is really like a 50-50 split. I, I think Gordon still had, you know, as much as Williams is kind of surging here a little bit, Gordon still has a, a stranglehold, a, a role in this offense. For, you know, I think it was around 52, 53 uh, offensive snaps last week. Again, he's banged up, but that's still a decent share. So even if he gets, you know, 45% and it's it's really starting to be more lopsided towards Williams, 39 and a half is not a huge number for him. He's gone over that in all but two games this year. So I do like that a lot. And I do like the idea that Williams will probably get into more of this uh, after the pod on the DFS portion. But Williams... This feels like a good kind of, I don't want to call it a breakout performance because, again, he's going up against a you know a really good run defense. But if there was ever a week where they kind of want to test out their rookie running back to see what it's like if he's a featured role type of player, you can use it on a short week, fresh legs, younger player, especially when you have Gordon banged up a little bit. That one makes a lot of sense if you want to see him you know kind of explode a little bit. Yeah, I agree completely on the... I hate when I accidentally close my email. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look up the, the props that I sent in there. I I, no, I agree. I, but I, I agree on that in, in general. I would also, I also have one or oh, two more. Sorry. Uh, Noah Fant over receiving yards and Cortland Sutton over receiving yards. Fant is at 40 and a half. Sutton at 67 and a half. Uh, as we know, Fant now cleared by the Broncos. That makes it a lot easier to take that. I could see that going up as well. Yeah, it's already up to 41 and a half minus 115 to the over. Sutton, Sutton, Sutton actually down to 65 and a half. They basically adjusted those two guys and moved things around a little bit. Um, these are low totals. I expect yeah. Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke to throw the ball some. Jerry Judy's not coming back for this game. Uh, Sutton should be the recipient of enough pass, passes that he gets above that number. And Fant has just been better, I think, than people really understand in sort of an offense that's flown under the radar. So yeah, uh, I, I like those two overs. He was a guy that I was going into fantasy leagues making sure I had on my roster, and, and I'm uh, I'm glad to be proven right in, in a lot of those because the tight end position, it's very hard to to get that one right. And if you do, you're, you're good for season long. To me, the Fant uh, prop that I really like, and again, it might might have uh, jumped up now, but it was uh, three and a half re uh, receptions for this one. Uh, I like the over on that one. Again, he's, he's just been a huge target machine for Teddy Bridgewater over the last few weeks over the season he's hit this prop over four out of six times it he just makes a lot of sense again like you said he, it, this offense does kind of work him into the rotation quite a bit here so I do love that yeah I would probably not take that at four and a half but I think is that where it is now no, 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 no. I'm just saying I oh, think okay. I think three and a half is good four and a half might be a bit much for that yep. um and then I don't know if I'm I'm probably not messing around with Sutton receptions or Tim Patrick receptions. Those numbers look pretty good. 
I'll tell you this, though, with Sutton, you know, just if we're talking about a volume standpoint, 25 targets over the last two games. I mm -hmm. mean, it is just a monster number. You can have a horribly inefficient day receiving, but if you're getting that type of volume, I mean, 12 and a half targets a, a game that you, you will yeah. still get over certain numbers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're going to get, you're probably going to get five, right? Uh, four and over four and a half minus 160 is just a bit steep. Yeah. Uh, for me, but yeah, Fant over three and a half. It is minus 150. That's expensive, uh, but don't necessarily mind mind that at all. Um, I just think that the the pass game for the uh, oh, there we go. Look at that. What a man! What a men write in the notes section of their phone. That's what they write. <laughs> props. <laughs> Producer Chris doing that. Um, it's either props or apologies, right? Yeah, that's usually how it goes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the all right. Let's talk about first touchdown score. I don't think we've gotten one since we started talking about it on the podcast, which is rather unfortunate. I'll be honest. I don't like this, um, this setup right here. Yeah. On not, not, not the setup on the right. I like the setup on the right on YouTube. I mean, the setup on the props at Dearness Johnson plus four forty to first touchdown. What are we doing here? I know. Uh, so Melvin tough. Gordon, seven and a half to one. Courtland Sutton, seven and a half to one. Javante Williams, eight and a half to one. Noah Fant, nine and a half to one. Tim Patrick, 10 to one. Hooper, 15. Kendall Hinton, 17, David Njoku, 18, Harrison Bryant, 30 to one, and Teddy Bridgewater, 30 to one. I don't think that you can really bet any of these until more of the Browns are put on there because that will change the odds for everybody. The only one I would look at is probably Noah Fant just because Teddy Bridgewater has looked his way uh, frequently in the red zone. And if, you know, if I can get a t uh, basically a 10 to one on a, um, on a uh, on a on a tight end who's has done a good job catching inside the red zone, I'm okay with that. Fant, by the way, seven red zone targets, five catches, two targets inside the ten, two catches, two touchdowns. So I this like is a it. guy that they like to use in that you know these 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 high value targets. They like to focus in on him. I think he is by far the most. Uh, targets inside the red zone for Denver. Uh, although Cortland Sutton, seven targets, four catches inside the red zone, one touchdown, four targets, two catches inside the 10, no touchdowns. I don't think anyone else is even close. Tim Patrick would be your next one. Three uh, inside the 10 targets, one touchdown, one catch. So, yeah, I think Fant for me at nine and a half to one is priced incorrectly in terms of first touchdown score relative to the rest of the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, I, I'm really only looking at that one. If there's another one that you you want to throw a dart plate to, you can see it up on the screen here on YouTube, is Kendall Hinton maybe at plus 1,700. That's the only other one that, you know, just in terms of a value standpoint, makes some sense to me. If you look I would at last... Say, the only thing I would say about that is wait until... Wait until the... And Fant might come down to like 7.5 to 1 after after it's announced that he's cleared and maybe Gordon will be cheaper. We'll see, but wait until these Browns guys get up there too, because if Odell Beckham's playing, you're going to get Hinton. Somebody like Hinton should be like 25 to one. I think there's just, yeah, there's yeah, just not totally a good, agree. not a lot of values here. I would just put a little bit on Fant and call it a day uh, right yeah. now for, for the, for the various guys that are, that are up there. Yeah, I like it. I'm just just quick thing about hitting the last couple of games. Uh, 65%, 63% of the offensive snaps. He did catch a touchdown in week five against Pittsburgh. So, 
and, and last week was a season high in targets, uh, five, five targets for him. So to me, you know, maybe there's something there, something building a little bit more before Jerry Judy gets back into the fold. He'll start, you know, he can be that number three receiver behind Sutton, behind Patrick, and really even that fourth option when you throw in Noah Fant there. Just just kind of a dart play. And again, it, it is smart to wait and see and see if you get even more value for that closer to kickoff. But yeah, no, Fant to me is the uh, at, at basically 10 to one. That's the one that I'm, I'm looking at hard. Yep. Uh, agreed. All right. That is the prop. That is the gambling and props and general Thursday night preview. As we noted, look, if this was a little bit shorter than normal, it's because there's all these injuries. I mean, you know, this is week seven in the NFL and the Browns are one of the most injured teams in, in football. Um, there's just, you have to be, there's just not a lot. Well, the For thing you, is, too, it's, you know, it's just don't waste your money. You know what I mean? Don't just, you know, ha- if you have a, an allowance for each week, you know, spread it around a little bit. It doesn't have to be, you know, we, we obviously cover, you know, you know, we do two podcasts with Thursday and Monday nights. But like tomorrow, you're going to be talking with RJ and Pete about a whole slate. So, you know, you spread it around. If you think that you spend, you know, whatever it is, 100 bucks on Thursday nights, maybe on this week because it's such a kind of wild card. Maybe you throw it off a little bit and spend that fifty and spend, and, uh, spend one fifty on Monday exactly. night or something like Just that. Just be yeah, smart about is, it. You know, what this I mean? is, or go go spend time with your family. Don't bet on the game. Go spend time with your family. Let the professionals <laughs> watch this crap fest. Uh, just kidding. Everybody's going to be watching it. Also, is there good Thursday night college football? Yeah, you know, who cares? We're getting out of here. Uh, that's the end of the audio podcast. We will, of course, keep it rolling on YouTube as we break down this game from a DFS perspective. Talk to you guys later. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.